Welcome to the About, From, and With podcast, a podcast showcasing speech-language pathologists' journeys to finding their passion and purpose in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Danica Pfeiffer. In each episode, we'll learn about, from, and with SLP clinicians and researchers as they share their experiences, advice, and expertise. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I will be sharing a topic that you all said you wanted to hear more about on Instagram, and that is how I chose my dissertation committee during my PhD program. And this is something that can be a little bit stressful when you're going through it, and so I'm happy to share my experiences and how I did it. And for those of you that have done a PhD as well, I'd love to hear how you chose your committee too. Unlike grad school, when you start a PhD program, you may not have a cohort of other people starting with you at the same time. Or there may only be one or two people that start when you do, depending on the institution that you attend. Even then, it's possible that you're all specializing in different things and different parts of the field. Unlike grad school, where you're all focused on the same content and you are taking the same coursework at the same time. There's a lot of flexibility in PhD programs in terms of what each semester looks like. And most programs will have a list of coursework that they require all PhD students to take, but they also leave a lot of room for you to take other courses in either your department or another department, depending on what makes the most sense for your area of expertise. There really isn't a one-size-fits-all when it comes to PhD coursework. And so for this reason, your PhD committees are crucial in helping you navigate which courses you should take and when. When I began my PhD, I had a primary mentor that I was assigned to, which is very common across PhD programs. This person was an expert in child language disorders, which was the area I knew I wanted to specialize in. One of my first tasks as a PhD student was to form a PhD advisory committee, which was a group of faculty that would oversee the initial phase of my PhD program. My primary mentor took the role of chair of this committee, and then it was up to me to work with her to identify two or three other faculty members to approach about being on the committee. As I mentioned in previous episodes, I was accepted into the PhD program where I was getting my master's in speech-language pathology, and this was during my second semester of grad school. I then started taking PhD coursework during my third semester of grad school in addition to my graduate coursework. This meant that I formed my initial advisory committee around the end of my first year of grad school. The initial advisory committee was only meant to guide me during my first year or so in the program, and I was told that at that point I would need to form a new committee, my dissertation committee. That committee would include all or some of the same faculty, and I could add others on at that time as well. That decision would mainly be driven by what I decided on as my dissertation topic, which would become clearer over time. To identify potential members of my initial advisory committee, I spoke with my assigned mentor as well as my graduate advisor to get their advice. I was encouraged to think about the expertise of the various faculty in our department to help decide whose skills and knowledge would be the most valuable for me to learn from. Since I was just starting my program, I didn't know my exact dissertation topic yet, but I did know that I wanted it to focus on two main areas, interprofessional practice and child language disorders. So I identified one clinical educator in my department that had experience working on interprofessional teams with children, 
who had actually been my own clinical educator for the whole first year of my grad program in an interprofessional autism clinic. I also chose my graduate assistantship advisor who had experience doing interprofessional research. I had the interprofessional piece covered with their expertise, and then I had my main mentor who was a child language expert to provide guidance in that area. After determining who I thought would be a good fit on my advisory committee, I proposed the two faculty members to my mentor. With her approval, I set up a time to talk to each of them to formally ask them to be on my advisory committee. Luckily, they both agreed. I was really happy with my committee and I felt like I was in good hands as I started out my PhD journey. I met with my committee once or twice each semester to talk about my progress in the program, to decide on courses that I would take the next semester, and to determine what conferences I would apply to or other experiences I would have. My committee also helped me determine how I would complete my clinical fellowship once I finished my master's program to earn my C's. That was something that was really important to both me and them, so it was really nice to have their support in figuring out the best way to balance everything at that time. Something that sticks out to me when I think about this advisory committee was how they really supported me in taking the lead in planning my PhD program. I became responsible for planning the topics that we would talk about in our meetings and identify opportunities and courses that I was interested in beforehand to present to the committee. This really was a big shift for me and it was both exciting and a little scary to journey into this uncharted territory. I was always a little nervous going into these meetings and having to be the one that led the conversation, so I started making agendas with detailed points about what I wanted to cover. I remember making photocopies of the agenda and other materials that we would need just so I had all my bases covered. And you really only have them all in the same room for a short period of time, so that really helped us stay on track. After about a year to a year and a half in the program, It was time to start identifying my dissertation committee. This committee of faculty typically creates your qualifying exam, or as some programs refer to it as your comprehensive exam or your comps. They also guide you through your prospectus where you propose your dissertation study, and they're the ones that ultimately have to sign off on your dissertation when you're all done. So this group of people really plays a very large role in you being successful in completing your PhD program and becoming a doctor. I remember hearing a lot of different advice about forming my dissertation committee. Some people advised me to keep it small so there would be less edits when it came time to writing my dissertation. Others said to think about adding someone from outside the department, especially since I knew I wanted my dissertation to have an interprofessional focus. I remember being advised by multiple people to make sure that every Everyone on the committee got along with one another and could work together. That piece of advice was probably the one I received the most, and it was stressed to me over and over. And I remember being really surprised at how big of a deal that was. Having a supportive dissertation committee is really key to finishing your PhD and your ideal time frame and with the experiences that you want to have. And so I really thought carefully about the dynamic that I wanted my committee to have. I knew I wanted people that were not only very knowledgeable, but also very kind. And I was looking for faculty members that could challenge me, but that also would take time to teach me new things. And I wanted my committee members to be people that I admired not only for their contributions to the field, 
but also for their commitments to their student success. So around this time, my main mentor left the university and I was in need of a new committee chair as I formed my dissertation committee. Since I really had two main areas that I wanted to tackle for my dissertation, interprofessional practice and child language disorders, we decided that the best thing for me to do was to have dissertation co-chairs, one interprofessional practice expert and one child language expert. I knew those two faculty members got along very well, and they both agreed to work together as committee co-chairs. Then it was time for me to figure out who else would be on the committee. One of my co-chairs knew a SLP faculty member who was working in the School of Education and recommended that I reach out to her as a possible member of the committee. So I contacted her and discussed my interest in interprofessional practice in schools and how I wanted to research increasing collaboration between teachers and SLPs and her expertise and experiences seemed to be a great fit for the work that I wanted to do. She was also just very down to earth and easy to talk to. So I really appreciated that and I asked her to be a member of my committee and luckily she said yes. At that point I was feeling pretty content with my committee of three after being advised to have a small committee. However, right around this time, a new faculty member with expertise in child language disorders joined our department. The department head recommended that I add her to my committee because of her expertise and her great experiences in the field. I was initially really hesitant to do that because I didn't know her at all, but ultimately decided to ask her if she would be a part of my committee. This ended up being such a great decision, and I'm so glad that she came to the department when she did and that she was willing to be on my committee. And so if you're thinking about keeping your committee small, I definitely recommend thinking about all your options and really weighing it because I feel like she brought a really great perspective to my committee, and I'm so glad that I was able to learn from her. I think it's important to note that unlike undergraduate and master's programs where you have advisors assigned to you, Forming a dissertation committee really is largely up to you. I think it's a really great part of PhD programs because you get to surround yourself with the people that you know will help you grow the most. This can take a little time to figure out, but it's worth talking to other people in the program who have various faculty members on their committees to learn about different people's mentorship styles to see if they're a good fit for you. And it's also a good idea to meet with different faculty one-on-one to hear about their experiences and their expertise. I have several memories now with my dissertation committee members that include much more than just our meetings about my progress in the program. I remember talking to them about wedding planning during the second year of my program, having lunch together at the campus Chick-fil-A, working together on manuscript edits during plane rides to conferences, and presenting at ASHA with them for my very first national presentations. All of this to say, your dissertation committee members start out as your professors, but end up becoming your colleagues and, maybe if you're lucky, even your friends. It was also really great to support and celebrate them along the way as they faced exciting moments in their careers, like applying for tenure or full professor, winning university awards, and taking on leadership roles in national organizations. So my advice is to think carefully about your dissertation committee members. Think not only about who has the knowledge and skills that align with your interest area, but also who you're comfortable going to for advice, who will challenge you to keep growing and learning, and at the end of the day, who will be cheering for you to cross the 
finish line. While a PhD can sometimes feel like a very solitary venture, they will be there for you during the ups and the downs and they've already lived and survived it themselves. It's really nice when you're going through your program to have this group of people to call on, especially if you don't have friends or family that have gone through PhD programs like me. Sometimes it just feels really nice to be able to share your feelings or frustrations with people who know exactly what it is that you're going through. To end this episode, I'll leave you with three key things to think about when forming your dissertation committee based on my experiences. The first is to think about the dynamic that you want your committee to have and make sure that the personalities of your committee members will create a supportive learning environment for you as you navigate your PhD journey. Number two, identify who either in your department, outside of your department, or even at another university, has the experience and the expertise to ensure that you leave your PhD with the knowledge and experiences necessary to prepare you for your next steps. And three, don't be afraid to ask for help. Talk to your trusted advisors and mentors about forming your committee. They will have insights that you may not have thought of or have no way of knowing, and they can help you make the best choices for a great committee. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I encourage you to follow the podcast so you'll be notified of new episodes as they come out. Please also consider leaving a review. I'd love to hear what you think and it helps others find the podcast. You can find the show notes and transcripts at aboutfromandwith.com and connect with me on Instagram at danicapiper.slp. Until next time, stay humble and kind.